Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to the Sage Sayers. I'm your show host, Debbie Gardner McCullough, DG McCullough. I'm a communications coach, a narrative coach, and a mental fitness coach from New Zealand based in the fine state of Wisconsin. In each episode, we unpack communications, tips, and strategies, and we interview interesting individuals from all around the world who found a gift, an opportunity, and even some knowledge from life's inevitable challenges. In this week's episode, I'm challenging this idea of managing our calendar versus it managing us. Having sat with sore bottoms and stiff limbs for endless virtual meetings, I'm not surprised leaders are coming to me for help with meeting fatigue. This big impact here, we're seeing feelings of sadness, loss, even questions about life. And it comes from cognitive overload, from staring at screens, and I find communication worries become other struggles as well. Unclear responses to ad hoc questions, reduced executive presence, and just feeling befuddled overall. The data explains why. Most professionals are attending 26 meetings weekly, that's five per day, and these numbers spiked by 69.7% since February 2020. I draw these numbers from a productivity trends report by a calendar management company named Reclaim. But I suspect these numbers are much higher as leaders that I coach report 10 meeting days and no white space in their calendars for weeks. But I find that mental fitness and communication tips and even techniques can improve conditions. And most of the communications tied to how we talk to others is more about talking to ourselves about our time and the work that we do. So that's what I'm offering in this week's episode, tips and techniques that others have used and found hugely helpful and that I've co-created with these professionals in my coaching One big tip, it's kind of easy, but then hard as well. And it starts with saying no by rescheduling or removing the meeting from your calendar. Only 29.6% of meetings get rescheduled, but I'm curious as to why. If it won't get you fired and it won't lose you your client, then we ought to only attend a meeting when it brings true value. Now, I have questions I'm outlining in a moment that you can ask to determine whether or not a meeting truly must stay where it is. We'll get into that in a moment, but let's just start with this idea of saying no. Tip two, ground and then ruthlessly edit your schedule. I'm going to ask you to stay with me for a small experiment. Open up your calendar for next week. Look at all of the meetings before you. Now take some time for mindfulness. You can use the Positive Intelligence app, the Calm app. You can sit with your child, sit with someone you love. You can pat your dog or you can listen to the wind in the trees. I don't mind how you ground, but just ground. Then come back to this calendar once more and ask yourself some blunt questions. Must we meet to decide upon a path forward or might a well-written clear poll or email suffice? Can someone else attend this meeting or might the organizer offer me an update in lieu of me attending? Must I meet with each of my team individually or could we become super productive and probably have more fun in a group discovery? 
Must I attend all of this leadership development? Or how about just the parts which really feel important to my current work and current challenges? Ignore the rest. And then if I say yes to this meeting series, this work, this project, or this unnoticed favor, what do I say no to? So see what you can remove when answering any of the above questions honestly and from a place of calm versus a place of fear. Next, get ready for some more ruthless moves. Claim and stake your time. I work with a global director of supply and planning. He works for a huge global consumer goods company, and he has found great success with just staking out time consistently and labeling it as desk time or thinking time or team development time. Doing so creates fewer meetings. Here's how he communicated the idea to himself and others as needed. He says, if I don't block off time, others will block it off for me. And for their gain versus for my gain and for that of my team. So protecting my time helps me and my team stay more efficient and more productive. So indeed. Tip three, challenge your judge's view of meetings and work. Other directors and leaders I've worked with find big productivity boosts by blocking off an afternoon each week to restore. In fact, I've done this with my coaching practice, taking off, galloping like a wonderful horse, but I have found I needed time to restore and taking that afternoon off every Wednesday from about 2 p.m. onwards makes my Thursday and Friday magical. Here's how mental fitness helps us here. Our judge and our hyperachiever of saboteurs might tell us that we must constantly work to be productive, efficient, and look indispensable to our leaders and team. But really, if we use the innovate power to try to new ways to do things, new ways to ground, new ways to organize our time, we find the opposite comes true. I'm sharing a short story to illustrate. I worked as a professor of corporate communications for five years, and I experimented one summer with doing my jog, my art, and yoga, and then doing my grading. The normal ritual was procrastinating, taking forever when I finally got to it, and leaving those restorative activities until the end of the day, at which point I was depleted, exhausted, and in pain. But here's what changed when I shifted things around. I shaved two hours off an eight-hour task. I use a story to illustrate, and here's what else I found. My entire approach and feeling as I did the work also changed. I was more laser-focused, more decisive as I edited. I didn't feel as distracted, and I felt more purposeful as I responded to the students' work, knowing that their feedback I was giving them would really help. So it felt more noble than normal. And even as I approached the task, which requires a lot of complexity and rule following and lots of clicks and desk work, I felt more peaceful and relaxed versus feeling I had no time to spare. So challenge how your judge views meetings. Challenge your hyperachiever that says you're only productive and effective and successful if your calendars constantly book. And innovate on how you integrate breaks to restore you. I'm hoping these various measures and the ways to assess whether you really need to attend the next meetings feels even a wee bit useful. Go forth and conquer your schedule. Inspire your team to do the same. You'll become a leader in the field. So good luck with that. 
You've been listening to The Sage Sayers. It's my weekly podcast, and I am DG McCullough, calling in this evening from snowy and blustery Muskego, Wisconsin. I've enjoyed having you with me on my show tonight. Thank you so much for listening. Do take good care and check my show notes for my Calendly link if you'd like to explore group coaching with me. I'm no longer taking one-on-one coaching clients, but I am in the market for some group coaching clients. Or if you'd like to hire me to come on site and host a workshop or even a Zoom-based workshop, helping you and your team become more authentic, calm, and compelling communicators. That's what I love to do. Take good care, and I will speak with you again soon. Bye-bye for now. Mm -hmm.